Hello, I'm Jason Brunin, a Senior Value Consultant in the Value Experience Group here at SAP Concur. I've been here for about two years. Prior to that, I was responsible for efficiency, accounts payable, T&E, and initiatives for a higher education institution. One of the goals of the team I'm on is to share best practices and help customers maximize the return on investment with their employee-initiated spend program. Today, I have with me Jim and Edward from our partner, TCG Consulting. Jim and Edward, would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure, Jason. My name is Edward Curtis, and I'm the Associate Director for TCG's Expense and Invoice Practice. I've been with TCG Consulting for almost two years now, and prior to TCG, I worked for two of the largest expense management system software suppliers in enterprise implementations. So today, I manage our team of global certified implementation resources who help our customers implement, optimize, and manage their SAP Concur systems. I'm joined by my colleague, Jim Sofel. Jim, would you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Edward. Um, hi, my name is Jim Sofel. Uh, I'm Senior Principal and Advisor for TCG uh, in the areas of travel meetings, payment, and expense um, with an uh, emphasis in spend management. Uh, I provide subject matter support for integration of payment systems and expense managements with the goal of really minimizing total cost of ownership for travel meetings, payment, and expense. Uh, I've acquired most of my knowledge over the 30 years in the industry, supporting our global clients in over 110 countries uh, and many different market verticals. I'm looking forward to our discussion today and excited to, uh, to talk about employee-initiated spend and, and how uh, the spend management solutions can help manage that. One of the areas is the miscellaneous category, and I think uh, everyone who's probably listening to this cringes when they when they hear that miscellaneous, right? Because we we know that if a traveler can't find uh, the expense or a non-traveler non-travel type expenses, they they'll book it into the miscellaneous. Um, and then the other happens if you don't have a miscellaneous, they're going to put it somewhere that looks like it might be the right category, um, and it might get misclassified. So the challenge around that is to really find that balance and how do you get to that. The other portion of this applicable to the the purpose of, of the podcast is and what can be done in the next 90 days or you know in the, the, the near future in terms of managing um, some of these types of expenses. And as, as we get into the holidays, one of the big ones is around uh, spend categories where gift cards might tend to increase. Um, and so, the, you know, from an audit perspective, where would where would you look for that, and how would you how would you do that? You know, some of the areas that tend to creep up over the holidays are, for example, Amazon charges getting booked to office supplies, postage, Starbucks cards into meals, Best Buy cards for office equipment. Um, a lot of airfare possibly during the holidays. Is that really business or potentially some, some personal travel accommodate, uh, excuse me, mixed in there? Uh, accommodations over the weekends and holidays, rental cars near holidays, personal mileage, uh, airfare hotel and rental cars. The way that the audit and what you're looking for may need to adapt during these periods of time. Um, there's a way, you, there's the payment system, corporate card reports that could be reviewed. You could look at age transactions also to make sure that everything's being put through before the year end, uh, as well as we mentioned there uh, in the expense solution, you could see um, Saturday night stays as well on corporate card programs, and then uh, any department store or jewelry purchases. And so how do you manage that? So taking a review of your policy, but also of your expense types and categories in the in the solution or in the spend management solution. Uh, is, do you have the right balance? 
uh, and and how do you how do you review that? Part of it will depend on the type of spend. So, for example, uh, starting with the P card, um, non-travel expenses, uh, those typically would have more granularity to them in terms of how they're categorized in an organization. Also, the the type of user who has those P cards, for example. Um, are usually someone in a capacity uh, that would understand the categories from a procurement perspective, for example, or um, an accounting or office management, where they're more trained in the use of those. And therefore, the level and the number of expense types for that tend to be and can be a little bit higher uh, to get more granularity. But on the contrary, when you get over to the travel side, and you have, uh, you know, your your employee base that's traveling, and they're not accountants, and you're really wanting to be able to categorize their spend and account for it um, accurately. That balance there would tend to be fewer expense types, but enough that you don't have them putting it in inaccurate categories. Um, and there's that ever kind of surrounding question about that miscellaneous: Do you have it or do you not? And so the idea behind that would be to monitor an expense category such as miscellaneous to understand what's actually being um, booked to that. And that will help you determine if you need to be adding more expense types. So if you're seeing constantly, uh, for example, some um, home office expenses that are being booked in there now under the new COVID, that might be time for you to, to actually add those as expense types. And maybe you have an expense type called home office expense, and you have a policy that that revolves around that. So point to really this is there is a, uh, a balance that you will uh, eventually feel is correct for your organization. Um, but our recommendation would be that you err on the side of simplification, right? Because the more categories you have, the harder it will be for employees to actually uh, accurately identify these expenses. Um, but yet you want to balance it with the controls and compliance that you need from an organizational perspective to manage the spend and to maintain the, the compliance based on policies. Jim, you made a great point, right? I recently worked with a customer who has a global presence and they started evaluating their gift card spend and ran some reportings in their travel and expense program and looked for the word gift or card in any of the comments. And what they identified was over $150,000 in spend across 12 different expense types. And once they started looking into that, they realized that their employees were really confused as far as where gift cards should be charged, if it was even appropriate at all, and making sure that attendees were being required for those expense types where they are appropriate. And so, again, coming back, as we think about coming towards the holidays with get-togethers being more limited, take a look at your program. What are your employees faced with if they were trying to expense a gift card, and where would they put it? Thank you. Uh, and final comment on that um, would be the configuration of the, of the spend management solution, right? So on certain types of expenses, and I'm going to go back to that miscellaneous, uh, require a comment, right? So that you do have that ability to mine some of that data later, like you just described, and some other areas, take a review to see if you've got um, attendees attached to the right expense category. Sometimes um, they might be inappropriate as well. Um, so it's, it also is a good time to take that review. 
especially post-COVID as we'll anticipate volumes to increase, um, now is the opportunity to actually make those changes um, while you, you can manage that and then be ready for um, hopefully the return of, of our, our, our travel and our spend. Thanks, Jim. Our next topic is around mobile adoption and employee experience. And I'm sure many of you listening in are probably listening from your iPhone or your Android, perhaps even your, your work computer. But nowadays, as you think about the business traveler, the business employee, who does not have a smartphone? Everyone is really, in some ways, good and bad, attached at the hip, right? More so than the old days where you wore a Blackberry. But if you think about that and, and think about your organization, how would you implement a mobile-first approach? How do you make the tools and technology that your organization adopts in the hands of your fingertips of the employees that are using it on a daily basis? Some of that really revolves around having integrated platforms, thinking about how many different applications and mobile apps do users want to load on their phone. They really don't want tens of pages of apps. They want simple, simplistic apps that do the job that they need in the amount of time that is less time consuming and they can get off their phone as quick as possible. So that mobile first approach really thinks about an integrated platform, having simple to use expense types, balancing back what Jim was just talking about, right? You want to have the appropriate amount. What is a number that works for your organization? Does your tool book it all? Does your tool do it all? Can you request pre-approval for your trip? Can you book your trip? Expense your trip, manage your card expenses, and then confirm that you've received reimbursement for that item. Right? When platforms are disconnected, it requires multiple apps, it requires more training, it requires more engagement with internal customers, which can be time-consuming and leading to a poor employee experience. Thinking about that from an approver perspective, same thing. What is the role of the approver from an mobile and from an employee experience perspective? Are they your trained auditor? Are they there to simply say, yes, Jason took this trip and it's authorized? Are they there to be reviewing the cost and accounting substrings attached to that trip? If so, that's probably not something that the user is going to be able to do easily on mobile. And you want to have those clear and separate boundaries for what your personas are on the mobile application. The other thing to consider in your organization is do mobile phones, are they available to all classes of employees? Is it fair and reasonable and even potentially regulated, state and federal regulations may even dictate or require the employer to provide a mobile device to that employee if they are using it for a work benefit. Thinking about HR, tax implications, and fairness to all classes of employees. Does everyone who travels have a bring-your-own-device policy? What is your mobile reimbursement policy for employees? I know as running an organization prior to joining Concur, my employees were expected to have a mobile phone. It was part of the job, right? You, it was, it was part of their on-call status. And in that case, are there compliance and HR policies that need to be considered? 
Jason, do you see um, a difference in an organization across different types of users? For example, um, let's use kind of the, the newer, younger employees that are coming in versus some of the more established employees who have been with the organization longer? Yeah, definitely. That makes a tremendous difference on the expectation of coming in. So an employee coming in from a just fresh out of college or in the tech industry is going to expect to be able to do everything on their mobile phone. They're going to want to be able to take a picture of their receipt, match it straight to their expense report, and not even think about it again. The idea that they even take a printed receipt, right? So looking at application partners where my Uber receipt can flow straight into my expense report and I don't even have to forward it or take a picture. It's become an expectation in some some generations because they don't they don't want the paper receipt. They walk away without it. And then all of a sudden now you're faced with an audit problem in certain environments. Right? Did that transaction really happen? How can I encourage my my mobile users to just snap a picture and then walk away? from the transaction, right? Yeah, Jason, that's a, that's a good point on the, um, especially with the mobile, but in general, you mentioned about the auditing and the employee responsibility. What's the threshold or the, or the trigger level, for example, that you would think um, or want to recommend uh, organizations consider? So it really depends on the payment type. So if your organization has a corporate card platform, and depending on the locale of where your organization is based, whether you follow the U.S. Internal Revenue Service policy of right, all expenses greater than $75 must have a substantiation. Some organizations I've still seen have the $0. You have to have a receipt for everything. And at what cost to your organization in reviewing a $5 taxi receipt does that really add value to that person's time? And really, it's it's so form of payment, expense type, thresholds, whether it's a invoiceable expense report, all of those things should factor into your policy on whether a receipt is being required and how the user can then streamline that process. Our next topic is regarding new behaviors in SPAND. And are we listening in our organization to our employees? Are we connected in our industry? And are we doing it right? How do we know if we're in touch with our community? Um, and I think COVID has been a, a, a good reminder for us to maintain that type of relationship in our organization and to be cognizant of our employees and their behaviors and the changes that are occurring in those behaviors. Prior to COVID, we've had other disruptions in the industry. Uh, as I mentioned in my introduction, I've been, I, you know, I've been doing this for, for a while now. And, you know, I can recall for, you know, some like September 11th, we had the, the volcano over the North Atlantic that shut down all the travel um, over the, you know, over the North Atlantic. Uh, we've got, you know, COVID now. So, you know, have we learned from um, these previous disruptions? I think we have. But going forward, especially from COVID, I think there's changes that are coming in the industry around um, duty of care, um, watching quickly, being able to shift according to travel regulations, especially at least now in our COVID um, scenarios where every day borders are opening and closing. And how do you keep track of that? How do you stay on top of that? So as our travelers in the next uh, three months 
hopefully start to travel again. Um, are we ready and are we able to um, help manage that for them? So listening to what they need or staying in, you know, current in the industry to actually be able to provide tools for them to be able to um, uh, you know, know what those requirements are if they're traveling internationally, for example, and uh, they're going between two countries because it's a very complicated combination. <laughs> if you take all the countries combined with all the other countries, they're all very different. And so um, managing that is, is essential um, going forward and helping our, our, our travelers understand that. But what's the financial impact as well? Um, and, and how are we managing that? We I think with COVID, we found a lot of unused tickets all of a sudden. And for companies who may have learned from the volcano or September 11th, they were hopefully being able to manage and track these through the spend management solution or the online booking tool um, to be able to identify these and you know, reapply them or uh, re request refunds you know, for, for some of this travel as well. Um, and then how sustainable is this going forward? Are, 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 are we ready to, and, and able to provide this on an ongoing basis? And are we building this into our new uh, policies and procedures, for example. And our recommendation is if you haven't done that, there's still time. I, I, you know, as, as we see today with the, the new Omicron variant, just as we think we're coming out of it, uh, we're kind of going back in again, right? So it may be a little bit longer before we start um, getting our, our normal travel patterns back. Um, so our recommendation is use this time if you have if there's if this is created time in your in your scheduling to be able to really focus on the structure of the program, uh, reaching out to your peers in the industry, um, but also within your own organization, making sure that you have a stakeholder team that's involved in the different components of the travel meetings, payment and expense, um, and that you have that structure and infrastructure in place that allows and empowers these different areas to basically make decisions um, at, the, at the time of um, these events and that uh, the company can then be proactive um, and not as reactive um, in when some of these um, occur. And, and there will be the next one, whatever that is, right? Our, our goal would be to be able to minimize any disruption and um, any costs to the organization. So Jim, absolutely relevant, right? So many of those events ring just bring back so many memories of frustration and panic, right? So how can we be ready for the, and insulated from the next disruption that comes our way? I wish we had a crystal ball, right? We don't. Uh, but what we do have is uh, planning and proactive reaction to, to what we've learned from other events. And as I mentioned, for example, the, the North Atlantic shutdown or September 11th, we learned things then that we, that we applied now for COVID. So same with COVID, um, being able to take what we've learned and make sure we apply it into our program, because you'll never be completely ready because you don't know what that next disruption is going to be. But at least you can minimize the impact to the organization by having that infrastructure in place and uh, a plan, uh, just like any other disaster recovery um, in, in the event of, of any kind of disruption. Um, with that, I'm going to move this on to the next topic that um, Edward's going to take, which is uh, future-proofing our travel program from disruption. How do we prepare for future disruptions so we don't have that great of an impact? Great. Thanks, Jim. So as we look at how do we prevent having as massive a disruption in the future when hopefully nothing like COVID happens again, but if there is something else that does happen, how does it not have as great of an impact? 
And I think the first thing to realize is that many of the changes in travel and expense for companies that came about during COVID will actually be permanent and are not just temporary. So COVID brought to light many deficiencies within organizations, especially around process and workflow. As we hopefully reach the light at the end of this COVID tunnel, it's important we future-proof our travel and expense programs from these future disruptions, no matter what type, uh, whether it be you know, a September 11th tragedy or a volcano explosion or some type of disease. You know, it's important to note that we might be living with COVID for the foreseeable future. It's not something that's just going to go away. It's just going to be something that we have to manage and live with. So keeping all of this in mind, your company will need to take a hard look at whether or not travel bypass will be allowed from your program. The risk of not knowing where your travelers are and the consequences of them, say, being sick and needing care or bringing an illness back to the office and that causing a massive disruption in that particular location that would need to be shut down and cease operations really cannot be overstated. And also for financial reasons, for many of the reasons that Jason and Jim both spoke to earlier, it's important to have all your travel spend within one location to drive your airline or hotel discounts and to help with these future contract negotiations. Your company will also need to evaluate the new working normal. So will employees be allowed to work remotely full-time? Will they be returning to the office? Will there be a hybrid approach? So Jason talked to the need to have constant revisions to your travel and expense policy, especially around the home office approach. So your policies will need to reflect the direction your company has taken and to make sure your expense management system reflects this new policy. So should new expense types be created to allow for home office expenses? Should certain medical expenses be allowed? All things that you'll need to consider as you build this policy for the future. Another key element of the new normal is how your company views travel as an essential part of your business. Some travel may never come back. We are constantly asked at TCG Consulting, when will travel be back? So we always like to say it's not a matter of when, it's a matter of how. And part of that how is realizing that some items, such as internal meetings that used to take place in person, may no longer be required as people become more comfortable with certain video conferencing tools like a Zoom, like a Microsoft Teams. And this could actually be a good thing for your organization. It could certainly save uh, from a travel budget standpoint. But certainly there is going to be some travel that is essential, whether it be meeting with customers, if you're in the manufacturing industry, uh, ensuring that plants are running correctly, uh, if your competitor is out there traveling and they're winning all the sales deals, you're going to make sure that your people are out on the road so that you can also close those deals too and increase the revenue at your company. But we need to make sure that your policy clearly defines what travel is and is not allowed. And this will be very important as we work towards the road to recovery. So as we look at how we're preparing for future disruptions so they don't have as great of an impact, the key is automation. Manual processes are not sustainable in the future work environment. I think we all found out during COVID for the organizations that were still mailing receipts and mailing expense reports, how burdensome of a process that really was. Not having a centralized system or automation caused major issues 
for a company as everyone then shifted remotely. So being able to have centralized systems where employees and administrators can access from anywhere, from any device, will prevent shifts to a remote working environment as being as impactful as they've been during events such as COVID. You know, business will continue to run as usual and it'll allow your company to be more proactive rather than reactive. So I would like to leave everyone and strongly encourage them by saying, you know, spend this time while travel is not yet back uh, to the pre-pandemic levels to truly assess their current systems and all the pain points that they identified pre-COVID that mysteriously went away during COVID as people were not traveling again are going to come back. All the pain points that you identified during COVID, you need to address and build a strategy around improving these items to develop a more automated and integrated workflow. So I'd like to tie this back to the two value pillars, which is the control and the compliance uh, as um, well as employee experience. Um, You've heard us talk about different areas, um, but there isn't a wrong or right answer for your organization, it's what works for your organization. So it's it, it's the culture, it's the type of employees uh, that that uh, that you're servicing, it's the industry that you may be in. Um, but I think generally, overall, um, the balance. Um, I think even with our with our health systems, when when you hear Dr. Oz, you know, and anything in moderation. And so similar to to, to this as well um, is a balance between expense types, policy. Uh, which really helps you uh, drive towards uh, a, a strong employee experience, as well as being able to maintain those controls and compliance. Thanks, Jim. Great points, both of you. SAP believes that organizations of all sizes should be able to prepare for the unexpected while managing employee-initiated discretionary and travel-related spend, while reducing risk, saving money, and ensuring compliance without sacrificing employee productivity and satisfaction. This belief guides our innovation of SAP Concur solutions and integrations we make available to our customers through our partner ecosystem. Edward, Jim, and I thank you for attending today's podcast and hope that this discussion helps guide your organization in developing the right path to recovery for your business.